Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. How you guys doing this morning? Good, good, good. Well, we're starting a new series, and I just want to first off welcome all of our guests. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I am not Pastor Steve, if you guys are looking for him. So just know that he'll be back next week. He, he's, he's just he's out and spends some time with family. We're so thankful, and we're looking forward to getting all of them back this next week. And uh, so you guys are stuck with me, and, I, and whether you call it stuck or blessed or good or bad, I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys. Because today we get to talk about diseases. So maybe that helps, maybe that, maybe that doesn't. But we're, we're going to talk about diseases. And, and in all serious, just like there are natural diseases that wreak havoc on our bodies, that, that sometimes leave us bedridden, that sometimes leave us at home, and, and it's painful and hurting, there are also diseases that we need to be aware of as a body of Christ. There's diseases and things that keep us from doing the things that we are called to do as the body of Christ and as the church, capital C. There's things that hinder us. So over for the, for the next few weeks, we're going to do a spiritual health check. Is that okay? We're in one of the greatest times of the year as far as evangelism and outreach because Easter is coming up. And, and, and we, ha- we are surrounded by a culture of people who, who begin to think more about church and think more about Jesus and think more about, about where they are and reflect on their lives more in this season than they need to do in, in, in probably any other season during the year. So what better time to make sure that us as a body that we are in good health so that when, when it comes time for us to start those conversations and maybe invite someone to church because they're more likely to say yes, come into church for Easter, right? Than they are any other, any other Sunday of the year. They're more likely to say yes to coming and hearing this gospel. Not that just we just don't want to just fill the house. But we want to get people here to where they can hear the word of God and hear this truth and be changed. And encounter God is written right over our, our door. Encounter God. We want them to be able to come here. But... We have to be spiritually healthy. So today I'm not so much talking about a disease, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a syndrome. And, and up until this last week, these last few weeks, the only syndrome I've been familiar with is the one that's in the Incredibles movie back in the day, Syndrome, <laughs> the villain. But that's not who I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to talk about compartment syndrome. Compartment syndrome. And compartment syndrome, it's a real thing. It happens a lot of the times in your legs whenever you break a bone because, and you have muscles in your legs and muscles, they have compartment. But a lot of times if you have a fracture, something hinders the circulation into those compartments. And so you get compartment syndrome. And it can be very dangerous. It could can, it can, it can, it can cause a lot of problems. And one of the most common things that it causes is, yes, loss of circulation, but also you can, you can lose a limb, you could uh, be paralyzed, you can get numbness, and also extru- extru- really bad pain. <laughs> Cause a lot of damage. 
And I believe that compartment syndrome, in a sense, is running rampant in the body of Christ. And if left unaddressed, then we'll begin to see those same effects of paralysis in the church, numbness. And, and we won't be able to do the things that God has called us to do because we'll be immobilized from compartment syndrome. And I'm under no illusion this morning that my wisdom is what you came here for because there's a lot of you guys that are probably smarter than me in this room. But I do believe that the truth and wisdom that comes from the word of God will say more than what I can. And so we're going to get into this thing and we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3 starting in verse 12. But before we read that, I'm going to pray. God, I just pray that you have your way in this place. God, speak to us through your word. And God, just, just make it relatable to us. Make it relevant to where we are today, right now, and help, it, help us through your truth and through your scripture learn and see some of the things where we may need to give some things to you and have you change and have you do a work. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, we're going to read through 17. So starting off, this is Paul talking. He says, since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and, and give anyone and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you were called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with them all with teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him. To, the good, to God the Father. In this portion of scripture, I think we can, we can see a lot of things and, and see things that will show us signs of how we can recognize if compartment syndrome is set in to our spiritual life. And, 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 and we can see some of the effects that may, that I guess you can call them side effects. You know, if we were in a doctor's office or you were watching a commercial, they always have these side effects and they read them real fast. It's like, by the way, you can, you can experience all these things. See ya. But there's some side effects that we need to look for. And, and, and if you got your pens and your highlighters, we're going to go back and forth into this scripture. And just, I'm going to let you decide if you want to circle or highlight or make notes. It's up to you. But let's look at how it affects us. It affects us personally. It affects us personally. Compartment syndrome affects us personally. In the natural, one of the first things that we have to do in the morning when we get up is, is put clothes on, I hope. I hope. And I also hope that we keep our clothes on for the entirety of the day. Right? Am I the only one? In the same way, Paul says that we need to start each day by clothing ourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So he says that in verse 12. And we need to stay that way all day long. A lot of the days we don't even start off the day putting all of our spiritual clothes on. I remember whenever I, I was growing up, um, I, I'm from Virginia, and we would have cold mornings. And my mom would say, hey, make sure you put on a coat. Because I had to go wait on the bus. But I knew it was going to be warmer later in the day, but for the morning it was going to be cold. And none of my friends put on coats. 
They didn't put on these big bulky things. So I didn't want to put on my big old bulky coat. I wanted to come in. I want everyone to see my, my nice shirt, right? I want everyone to see my, my fresh clothes. So I didn't want to put on a coat to cover it up. And so my mom, hey, put on a coat. And so I wouldn't. I would go out, wait for the bus, and it'd be cold. There'd be frost on the ground. But I knew, like, hey, later it's going to warm up. I'm going to go to gym class. It's going to be good, right? But I would end up getting a cold, getting the sniffles, coming home with a runny nose because I was too cool to put on my coat because my friends weren't. And I think a lot of times us as adults and as we get older, the same thing happens. We go to our jobs. We go to work. And everyone in our office may be maybe petty. Everyone in our office may, may be gossiping. And so we decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to put on my, my, my tender-hearted mercy this morning. I'm not going to put on my kindness because everyone at my job, they're being petty, so I might as well be petty with them. So many times, so many times we, we end up doing the same thing. Maybe we wake up with some emails. I don't know about you guys, if you have emails or you wake up and you have a to-do list. Maybe it's just really long and you're just thinking about it. Some of you guys may be, may be dreading tomorrow because it's Monday, spring break is over. You got a long list of things to do. But maybe in the morning you wake up and impatience is just the first thing to go. Do not test me. Do not test me today. I have too much to do. I do not have time for your foolishness. And so patience is gone. You don't even like, I'm going to leave that in the closet. I ain't got time for that. Maybe you woke up and put everything on, but by the time you got home, you're unclothed. Now, spiritually, I hope. You got on Facebook and then you decided to take off kindness because you're reading those comments and you got a little upset. Maybe you were going to lunch with with you and your spouse and you guys couldn't decide where to go to lunch and so got a little heated and so gentleness just went out the window of the car. It happens. It happens. Maybe you got passed over for a promotion and pride rose up. So you took off your humility and you started trashing your boss and, and, and your other co-workers. You see, when, when we aren't getting clothed and staying clothed spiritually, God could be wanting to do some amazing things through us in our jobs, in, a, in, a, in our communities, in our schools, in our, on our teams, wherever we are. He may be wanting to do some things in your families. Now, I'll tell you, in family, that's a lot of times where it's just the gloves are off and you're just ready to go blows. But God may be calling you to do some things in your family, but, but when, he, when, when he thinks about it and when he's calling you, the people won't receive it because they don't see you as someone that is tenderhearted and, and full of mercy. They see you as someone that's petty. They see you as someone that isn't gentle. It's like, you want to talk to me about this? I see the way you are. I, I don't want that. I don't want, why should I believe you? I saw you bashing someone on on Snapchat. We must not pick and choose how and when we're spiritually clothed. One question that we may need to ask ourselves is, am I fitting God into my schedule or am I submitting my schedule to God? Are you, are you giving him free reign over your entire life? Or are you already starting off when you're making your plans, compartmentalizing your life? Say, God, I'll give you Sundays. God, I'll give you the morning. I'll, I'll, I'll give you maybe, late, maybe at the end of the night if I have time. 
I'll give you the five minutes that I'm in the shower, but that's all I got time for. That's all I got time. We spend our days trying to find time for God instead of making time for him. See, God's nature cannot be compartmentalized. If he, if, he, if he comes and he wants to rest his presence in you, but you only want to give him one compartment of your life, he's not going to stay there. He wants it all. He wants it all. And it starts with us personally saying, God, I give you my whole life. So maybe before you make your schedule, you say, God, what do you want me to do? Another way compartment syndrome affects us, it affects us personally, but it also affects us corporately. It affects us corporately. How does it do that? An indication that you may be affected corporately, here's one of the side effects, is that it's all about you. It's all about you. Let's just, we're here on Sunday, so let's just use this as an example. It doesn't just, it doesn't just mean in here on Sunday. It can mean when you're outside of these walls. But maybe you come to church and you say, hey, I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to sit in my seat. And I hope that the pastor comes and he has a word for me. And then all of that happens and then you leave. But Paul is telling us in verse 16 that, that we should be looking for ways to teach and to counsel each other. To teach and counsel each other. If, we're, if, if we aren't here for each other, then we might as well just stay home and watch sermons online in our pajamas. Because, we, because if we're only here for ourselves, you can be here for yourself at home. But if we're looking at what, that, what the Bible says, because we believe that the Bible is true, then we are here for each other. And just like we should be willing to teach and counsel each other, we need to be willing to be taught and to be counseled. A lot of the times we come into this building, we go into, we, we live life and we experience things and we, and we say we're doing life together, right? But a lot of times when we say we're doing life together, it's all one way. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I, what I believe. I'm going to tell you how I feel about this situation. And then we don't want anyone to give us their thoughts. You compartmentalize yourself like, hey, what I think is best. If it's about me, then it's best. You see, we have to do something first. In verse 13, and, and, and like I said, let's use Sunday morning. Let's use this as an example because we're all here. We have to make allowance for each other's faults and be quick to forgive someone so that you can work it out instead of letting Letting your offense drive you. Letting, letting the things that you say, hey, this is not going to benefit me. Letting that drive you. Hey, you offended me. Letting that drive you. Hey, you upset me. You're letting that drive you. If you, you need to make sure that we are doing what Paul said. Is letting, making room for each other's faults and being quick to forgive. Wait. So, that, so you're saying that goes back into making sure we are clothing ourselves with tenderhearted Mercy in the morning, making sure we're, we, we clothed ourselves with gentleness. And so you're saying that us corporately is connected to how we are personally? Hmm. Hmm. 
We can come in here on Sunday morning and we can worship and we can do, but if it's only here that we do it, it's not going to be real. It has to start first personally. It has to start it privately in our own devotion. Because if we don't do that, if we don't wake up in the morning and, and put on our gentleness and put on our, 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 our mercy, then if someone pops off at us, we're going to be offended and we're going to be mad. We're going to tell them how we feel. Because if we don't do that first, it makes, us hard for us, it makes it hard for us to be united. We end up being compartmentalized. We end up having cliques. You know, I know it's March Madness, but we got to realize that we're all on the same team. Like, you guys been watching some basketball? Been, it's been good. It's been fun. But we have to realize that in here, as Christians, because Paul starts off by, by talking about, hey, we, we are God's people. We are called by God. So he's talking to the Christians. If you call yourself Christian, we're all on the same team. And he also said in verse 14 that we are clothed with love that binds us together in perfect harmony. Love is our jersey. It's our jersey. It's how we know we're on the same team because we're, we are clothed in love. Virginia's playing OU today. So Virginia has to be in harmony to be successful. OU has to be in harmony to be successful. Virginia is dressed in in these white jerseys, and so they know that they're all on the same team, these white jerseys that represent the purification and redemption of Jesus. (laughs) And OU, they're, they're in this red, this crimson, and that just means that they're still working through it. If you didn't catch it, I'm from Virginia. If you have something against one of your brothers, one of your sisters in Christ, and we don't come dressed in love, if we're not dressed in love, then it's the same thing as if we're coming and we're dressed as an opposite team. We need to be on the same team. We need to make sure that we are clothed with love. If we don't, then what happens? Let's fast forward to Easter Sunday. Someone comes in here. Maybe for the first time, they see our signs like, hey, Easter, I'm not doing anything. I might as well go to church. Everyone else is going to church on Easter. Maybe they come in here and they look around and they see a body that is compartmentalized. Clicks over here, clicks over here, people that are mad at each other, strife, all of these people that are not clothed in love. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe they see that. Maybe, maybe for the most part, and I would agree that for the most part, we are all clothed in love most Sundays. But what if we aren't? What if they see that? What if they see a body that is paralyzed because some of us are self-centered? And blinded by offenses. And like I said, I'm not talking about you. Maybe I'm talking about your neighbor. They won't feel loved. They won't feel welcome.
That's what I'm talking about. This compartment, compartment syndrome will keep us paralyzed if we don't address it. If we don't make sure that we get up in the morning and we clothe ourselves. Clothe ourselves with love so that we can be binded together in harmony. That's not me talking. That's the scripture. In harmony. That's why we're here. We have all of these teams, we have all of these things, and we, and we have small groups and everything because we know that, like, hey, it's all of us getting together. It's probably not going to happen outside of here, but, but we can get together in small groups, and we can, we can be binded together in love. We can love each other no matter what. Because if we do that, whenever we go up to talk to someone, if someone gets mad, if Tari says something that I don't like, talks about North Carolina, being Virginia, I can go up to him and I'm clothed in love and I can talk. We can have a good conversation and we can work some things out. If someone says something mean about you on Facebook, maybe the first thing you shouldn't do is respond on Facebook. Maybe you should go into your private place and turn on some music and say, hey, I'm going to put on love. I'm going to put on my tender hearted mercy. And then maybe I'll send a text. Maybe I'll say, hey, let's go get some coffee. And then maybe we can talk about this thing because we realize we're on the same team. And we'll work it out. We got to make sure we stay clothed, y'all. Another way that it affects us is upwardly. Upwardly. See, there's also a fourth one. I'm only going to talk about three. There's a fourth one that is, that's outwardly. But Pastor Steve, he's going to mention that a little bit next week. Of how we need to be outwardly and evangelistically. How we need to go out from this place. But we need to make sure that we are, we are not suffering upwardly. So my question for you is, do you have peace? Do you have peace? You guys can think about that. Because I was reading through this and, and I was thinking like, peace, yeah, I have peace. But the peace that Jesus is talking about, the peace that Paul is talking about, isn't, isn't circumstantial. This peace doesn't matter where we are. This peace doesn't matter what we're going through. But this peace is, 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 is there. Because he says in verse 15 that we are called to live in peace. So in other words, we're commanded to live in peace. Think about that. If someone says, hey, you, you are called to live in peace. Maybe I just had the roughest week of my life. And someone comes up and says, hey, live in peace. Say, hey, you don't know my life. But we are called to live in peace. Did you know that peace isn't something that you experience? Peace is something that we can live in. Peace isn't always comfortable. I know a lot of times we think about peace and we think about, oh, peace. Yeah, I can sleep. I can rest. It's quiet, you know, to play the nice music in the back, right? Play, play the, 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 if you have like one of those audio machines, the running water, oh, that's peaceful, right? But peace isn't always comfortable. Peace isn't always quiet. You look at the life of Jesus. Jesus found time to sleep. Pastor Maddie, she talked about it last week. Jesus found time to sleep when he was in the storm on a boat. And then the disciples woke him up and he stood up and he's like, peace, be still. 
because Jesus lived in peace. So my question to you, I ask again, do you have peace? Paul said it in verse 15. You know, sometimes in order for us to live in peace, it means that we may have to be countercultural. It means we may have to go against the grain sometimes. When everyone else is petty at work, maybe we need to go into that place and say, peace, be still, and show mercy. When everyone else is, 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 is being harsh, and maybe we need to go into that situation and say, peace, and bring in some gentleness because we put it on this morning. When culture says maybe we need to make a name for ourselves, we need to get all we can and get it right now, we need to say peace and show humility and show patience. So how do you do that? How do we live a life of peace? Paul said it in verse 16. Y'all like how I just keep going back into this scripture? It's, it's, it's a real thing, y'all. If you read your Bible, you can go back and forth, and God will speak to you, and he'll show you things. Paul said it in verse 16. It says, let the message about Christ fill your life. He commands us to live in peace, and then he says, let the message about Christ fill your life. That goes back to the personal side. Let the message of Christ fill your life. That means we have to schedule time to be filled. Not just trying to find time through the day. That means we have to schedule time to stop and say, hey, I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to put on love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible. I'm going to spend time with him. Because when we do that, everything else becomes easy. It's easier to forgive. It's easier to consider others. It's easier to stay clothed and loved all day long because what's on the inside of us, because we're filled with Christ. And you'll find yourself with the cure. The cure to compartmental syndrome. Always represent Jesus. Always represent Jesus. I heard it said before, if you squeeze a lemon, you know what's going to come out. Lemon juice. And so if we say, hey, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, wanna, I am Christ-like. Well, what happens when you get squeezed? What's going to come out? Because if you aren't filled with Jesus, whenever you are in a, in a situation where it's chaos around you, the peace that comes from being filled with Jesus, you're not going to be able to speak it out. Because that's not what's in you. Verse 17, Paul says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I need to warn you guys that this is not one, take one pill a week, take one pill every four to six hours. This isn't, this isn't that type of thing. Get your prescription filled every time you come to church. That's not what it is. That's, that's not. This is more like you have to have an IV 
in your veins. One of those mobile ones that you just take with you. You just take what you got. You got you got an iPad. You got a phone. You got a Bible. You got an MP3 player. Put some worship music on it. Put download the Bible app, and you got that IV, and you're taking it with you. You know a lot of a lot of pills that you get prescribed, and you got to take it says take with food, right? Paul sort of mentions that he says. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Giving thanks. He talks about you need to go and you need to sing songs, spiritual songs, hymns. See, this cure, this, this, this thing that we have with Jesus, this, this, where we are in this place and we're wanting Jesus, we need to accompany that with praise. We need to accompany that with with thanksgiving. You know, we come into this building once a week. We have praise. We have the word. And then we send you out. This can't be your only source. I pray that when you guys come in here in the mornings, that this is just an example of what your daily life should be. Maybe you need to say, hey, you know what? I need to have church tomorrow morning. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to pick four songs. I'm going to read my scripture. And I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to ask God to send me out. That's how we combat compartment syndrome. We give him our entire lives. Not just one day a week. Not just the morning. Not just whenever we get ready to eat food and we pray. We need to give him our entire lives. So I challenge you. I challenge you for this week, these coming weeks. Begin to look at yourself. Hey, is there a place in my life where I may be suffering from compartment syndrome? God, I thank you. I thank you for bringing us here this morning. God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you are speaking to us and you are revealing things in areas of our life where we may be suffering from compartment syndrome. And God, I pray that as, as, we, as we go about our lives and go about our days, that we, we don't just try and find time for you, but we make time for you. And God, I pray that you help us grow stronger and, and, you, and you begin to just fill us with you. And God, and help us stay clothed all day long with your mercy, with your kindness, with your gentleness, with your humility, with your patience, with your love. God, I pray that this sticks and takes root in our hearts and it will help us better engage culture in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.